Did you not playing well have anything to do with that? Or? Uh, I won't blame it on that. Yeah, that's exactly why we played terrible. <laughs> what did go wrong in that game against Boise? E- everything. Just, just really. Yeah, that was still early in the year for us. Still kind of getting, a, kind of getting a feel for who we were, and I think um, a little bit of just the pressure of the situation, knowing that was a pivotal game. Some of our guys just weren't quite ready. Kind of played out of character, made some mistakes. <clears throat> learned from it and got better as the season went on. Luckily, sur- you know, survived it and that it uh, it didn't keep us from to be able to play for the championship. But we just, I don't know, we just did not play like we were capable of. Played much better in a couple games before and played much better in games after. Um, and we learned a lot about ourselves that day. We still still had had some things we needed to, to try to address. And I thought staff-wise we did a little bit of that and player-wise settled in and, and played better. You said glad you're at home, but now you got to do the 10 a.m. again. Yes. this time. <laughs> yes. Uh, last game of the year. Uh, weather could be a factor, obviously. I hope that I hope the game's super important. I hope it matters. I hope we're both playing really well and, and that that game is pivotal. But, um, yeah, it'll be a it'll, we, we had great weather that day. Yeah. Uh, no telling. We could we could add some some uh, degrees of difficulty uh, in, in last you know, last week of the Season. With Black Friday though, and then they make the trade with you know for the TV networks to get that on you know Big Boy CBS again. Uh, yeah. Just just like you said, it might be you know, they were picked first, and you guys were picked thirds. I mean, it mm-hmm. could be a game that either one of you decides. I mean, is that was that a game when you looked at the schedule? It's, it's, I know you got 11 games before that, but is that kind of exciting the way it wraps up? Well, the, the, anytime you get a chance to be on a, you know big network game, that's that's great, and, and that kind of platform. Um, knowing that we're both expected to be in the race mm-hmm. yeah you looked at that one no one it's got a chance to be everything you want college football to be about what, what do you make about your team getting you know, doing what you did last year and then being picked third in the division this year doesn't surprise me all that much to be honest with you uh, it's not where you where you picked it's where you finished and i think we proved that a year ago uh we graduated a lot of really good players and so i think you look at our roster and everybody's wondering how we're going to replace catches how we're going to replace tackles and and all that, um, so it doesn't surprise me. It's for us and our players, just kind of build a little bit of uh, a chip on your shoulder to just prove that, that hey, we're we're capable. How do you replace all that you You know, development, recruiting, uh, all the above. Um, some some through the transfer portal and some veteran players that we've plugged in. Some with young guys that we're you know developing and, and bringing up the roster. Uh, just like everybody else, the key is. You know, what it looks like on paper is one thing. What it looks like you know, out on the field on game day is the other. We did a great job of that a year ago. We, we added key pieces in recruiting, in the transfer portal, that, that made critical plays for us to help win. Uh, a lot of those guys are not on the roster anymore. Hopefully, we've added the right pieces this year to, to do the same thing and make a similar run. Final thing, I mean, uh, I covered Boise, like I said, Andy's first year, last year, your first year. I mean, just, just what do you make of, from the, the little you've gotten to, to look across and, and see what they're, you know, Boise State, whether it be just this team or that, that tradition. And, you know, this is, I think, 15 years in a row they've been picked first. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, that comes that, that comes with pressure, too. I mean, that, that's not an environment that every team wants to be in. Uh, to know that you're picked first, expected to be first, that's, that's not comfortable for everybody. Uh, so... The tradition is there. Uh, I've been around Boise football for a long time, played against them a handful of times uh, in my career leading up, watched all these years as they developed. So that, that's not surprising, but you know, how does this particular team handle being picked first, expected to win, and then having to go carry that every week? And I mean, I know that'll be their challenge. Our challenge is you know, we just want it. How do we find a way to do it again with – with some key pieces missing. So. I was trying to remember if you've been to the blue, on the blue. It's been a while. I haven't been there. I, I, I came there uh, when I was at University of New Mexico. Okay. I was on Rocky staff. We That's came right. up and played, and unfortunately did not win that game. So I've been up there. It's been a while. Thanks, Sure. What's your impression of Boise, one of the teams that you're going to play every year now, the the teams that you get in that, uh, the, the new Oh, the new? Um, I, I mean, I don't know what I really expected from it. Um, I mean, I... I I anticipated that Boise would would be one of them, with it being just down the road, and, and obviously the the tradition and history of, of the game. Uh, I'm not sure that I would have seen us having San Diego State be the second one, but um, you mean it's a good league, and, and 
you knew you're, whoever you're going to get is going to be solid opponents. Yeah, you get to go to San Diego, too. So yeah. Not, not the worst thing. Though, right? Yeah. Um, you've had a little bit of recent roster changes. They're probably not as recent for you, but recent for us. Um, yeah. With Quasel Wright White no longer being on the mm-hmm. roster, um, is that what would, I know he was suspended. Is that a uh, final decision that he's just no longer with the team? Yeah, that's that's a final decision. Him not being part of the program anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this uh, circumstance notwithstanding. But what, generally speaking, is your policy on second chances for players on, on that? Well, sport? I mean, we all make mistakes. So second chances is something I think. You got to be. You got to. You got to look at it and give kids an opportunity to grow. I mean, we we've all made mistakes and still do. Uh, so I, I think we try to be pretty pretty open minded uh, about uh, about that and don't want one decision to define a player's future in life. And, and and but there are there are certain circumstances where you know it's just not possible. But um, I've always kind of felt like that if if uh, if you can learn from the mistake and you can. You can move past it and, and utilize it and use it uh, in a positive way. Then, then you can have a big impact, and you can and grow past it. And, and that you can, um, like I said, it doesn't have to define you. Uh, but, uh, but at the same time, there you you got a lot of people to keep in mind too. And so, ultimately, toughest decisions you got to make sometimes is to remove somebody from from the team. So to coach uh, James last week about sort of the battle to replace him. Yeah. Um, who are you seeing uh, stand out there so far? Obviously, not there at all. You know, we, we threw a lot of different bodies at the at the those spots in the spring, um, and uh, you know, White Bowles, Wade Meacham, um, a young couple young kids, Aaliyah, uh, Magayo, and and um, Wade and Lapuahu. Both those guys, all those guys in the right had opportunities. Even a, a guy like uh, Pule, who's typically been a center, the ability maybe slide over and play guard. So I mean, we, we we've continued to work at that position to try to add some more depth over the course of the summer. So honestly, the starter may not have even been with us in the spring. So we'll um, it'll look different. You know, we we graduated Mick, and and then with Quasi not being in the mix, it'll look different. But we could um, we could also be just as good or better with with some development at a couple guys because we've got some guys that just physically have some size and power that um, that could add kind of a a little bit of presence to the O-line. In the spring, I think it was the signing day press conference, you mentioned potentially looking around it at finding a backup running back in the portal. Um, Doesn't seem like you're you're going to do that. Um, Are you, is that a comfort with John? Is that just, uh, you know, necessity? Well, I think the room is going to be a little bit by committee to begin with. And um, I wouldn't count out the possibility of adding another name in the room before we start. I mean, it's, we're still close, but but there's still some opportunities. We did we did a battle in recruiting, and we we recruited really heavily over the summer. And a couple guys that we thought we had a great chance of getting both ended up at Power Five programs. But we've continued to do the same, um, and and have. Still potential of adding a, a, another depth set of legs in the room uh, over the course of the week. You, yeah, specifically at running back, I know you like to use more than just one body. Is that something that might change this year with Calvin being so established, or do you want to still stick? Well, I, I've had it both ways. I, I don't necessarily feel like we have to play a bunch of guys. I think you, I think the players dictate that. I've had uh, rosters where one guy played the bulk of the snaps. I mean, Giovanni Bernard didn't want to come off the field. I mean, and then you didn't want to take him off the field. But I've also had years where we were just as good by using the, com- you know, playing kind of by committee and keeping everybody fresh. I think Calvin has a chance to be the every down back and carry the load. You, you know, the question is, what is his level? You know, at what point does he hit the wall and say, all right, you know, he's, he's not effective anymore. He's, you know, is injury a risk or is hit productivity a risk? So last year's hard to say. We got him so late, really, really still learning what we're doing. He's in better shape. Uh, he's more mature. He may very well be that guy that that that, that carries the load, and we don't see anybody else. So we'll see how that goes. You've had a lot of success with the portal the last year. Um, what do you? What does that the sort of standard look like to make sure that it's guys that fit into your program with players who you maybe didn't know of? Before? Yeah. You know, first. 
First, they got to physically be able to do the job. I mean, you, you got a hole. You, you graduated a, a really a key player. Um, you try to replace productivity as quickly as you can, and, and you we wouldn't go to the portal if we felt like we had a developmental player already stepping into that role at a high level. We go to that portal to give the younger guys more opportunity to develop, if that makes sense. And so first, physically, they got to be able to do the job. But maybe just as importantly, or maybe even more importantly, is do they fit our culture? Do they fit our locker room and the way we do things? Because culture is more important than the X's and O's, in my opinion. And and a bunch of guys that really trust each other, care about each other, going to play hard for each other, uh, want to go to battle together. That, 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 to me, is the difference between us winning and losing a championship a year ago. We were not the most gifted, talented team in the league. We just weren't, and probably just barely in the top half. But our team was in great shape, and they loved each other and played for each other, and we, we fought. And so that is the balance, is finding the guy physically that can do the job, but also getting the peace where you know he fits your culture. And I think we did a great job of that a year ago. It showed on the field. I'm hoping that we did the same thing going into year two because we did replace a lot of graduating productivity with transfer portal type guys. So only time will tell once we get on the field to see what exactly that looks like. But our staff did a great job a year ago. I hope we did the same thing in year two. So about a year ago at this time, I talked to Shaq Vaughn, and he seemed really optimistic. Now, everybody's optimistic at yeah. this time of year. But for you, was there a moment when that group felt like they could be a conference champion? You know, I don't know that I fully knew what we were capable of and trusted that we could win the championship until I knew we were in the game. I mean, I felt I felt really, really good going into the game that week, I felt like we were going to win. I felt like we we had the potential to be a problem for San Diego State. But I don't know that at any point leading up to that weekend that I let myself go there. I was just trying to, we are just trying to focus on finding a way to get there. Um, there wasn't a key signature moment during the season because there were so many ups and downs and so many close wins. You know, the loss that came to Wyoming late when we obviously, you know, didn't play well. Um, I, I think the didn't really think we could win a championship till I, till we knew we were in the game and and could just kind of focus on what it was going to take to win that week, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, then following that up with the full game win, you know, you beat Oregon State. Pretty good pack yeah. last year and be pretty good again this upcoming year. How important do you feel like it is to have those opportunities, those games against those Power Five, in particular, how good the Mountain West is? Yeah. Well, we won't, you know the, the Mountain West, you know, was the premier Group of Five league in the country a year ago, uh, ranked the highest out of the five, which is saying a lot considering you know Cincinnati was in the playoff and the, the American obviously had some some good teams. Um, yeah, I think when you cross conference lines. It's important that we play well uh, when we cross. And specifically, we're in the, that Pac-12 footprint, our ability as a league to to play well against Pac-12, I, I think it's, it's big. The landscape of college football is changing. No telling what's happening in the next few years. All we can control is our league, and it's never been stronger. Uh, so you know, winning the, the Bowl Cup, having the most powerful group of five league, those are huge, and, and that a win against Washington State, a win against Oregon State in a bowl game, a, a win against Utah, and some of the things that were able to happen within our league last year, just continues to prove the fact that this is a really good league, and we can stand on our own. As the landscape continues to change, we need to be in that conversation, if that makes sense. And so, I feel I feel like every piece of that that you can you can affect all the way down to just winning a bowl game against Oregon State that in the big scheme of things, not sure it, it, it's, you know, important to a lot of people, but to us as a league and, and us at Utah State, and that's the first time in forever, that maybe the first time ever they had two power five wins in the same season. It also moved us up into the top 25, finished in the top 25, which has only happened a few times. So those are some big key pieces.
for us that we're, we're pretty proud of. And mentioning the changing landscape, TV is obviously so much in kind of like guiding that. Yeah. You kind of have a unique perspective having been in the Sun Belt where you had those Tuesday, Wednesday night games that yeah. were sort of for the purpose of TV. Yeah. How did you feel about playing those midweek games? It, I mean, it's a little unique getting ready to play a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Um, the benefit of it is you got a lot of eyes on you. That you know you're not you're not battling thirty other games uh, at the same time. I mean, you're the only game on. Uh, it, there's some scheduling and some logistical things about it that are that are a little unique as well. But um, it, the visibility of it is is not a bad thing. It's. Um, I mean, Saturday's college football day. We all know that. Thursday night's become one. I get it. And uh, even Friday night to some degree. But uh, there were some big games that we played on some Tuesday and Wednesday nights that a bunch of people saw that would not have normally seen it. So, you know, for us, it worked okay. It worked okay. I mean, it's a long game day. If you play a 7 o'clock game on a Tuesday night and all you got on all day is talk shows and soap operas, it's a, it's a long day. Wait, there's no college game day going on that day. No games to watch. Uh, the, Bo- the Boise State game this year on Black Friday yeah. in the morning. <laughs> a little, little worried about that one. Just it'll be uh, waking up that day is going to be a little tricky. <laughs> well, it's got a chance to be about five degrees when we kick off up there. How it mean, always is up there. So yeah, I don't mean. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, when we get there, that we're both played great and it's it's a big game and the energy of it's so crazy that you don't even think about it. But that's early to play. I, that's the first time I'd ever played at 10 a.m. Last year, and it was, you know, we practiced in the morning during fall camp. Sure. But to get up and play a game that early, that's that, that's a little bit different. Yeah, so actually, you're going to have to, players taking, you know, turkey break, can't have turkey break. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be unique. Have a sleepy team. Um, I want to ask a little bit about your offensive uh, philosophy, okay. the evolution of it. Um, in in recent years, you're obviously bringing in Coach Tucker. I think was not a significant change, but at least a little bit of a change in the way that you want to do things. Yeah. Um, yeah. What inspired you to, to, to do that, to branch out a little bit and bring in somebody who was from at least a, a slightly different uh, tree? Well, Tuck had been on my staff before. He was on my first staff at Arkansas State. And, I mean, we've been playing with spread tempo offense since early 2000s yeah and just every year trying to be trying to be a little bit different a little bit unique you know there's so many teams out there that are spread now and a lot of teams that like to play fast that we just always felt the need to try to stay kind of on the verge of different and on the edge and so you know hiring tuck back was you know was super easy decision for me i love the job he did with me when i was when he was on staff with me, what they did at Central Florida fit was right in my wheelhouse in terms of philosophy. Uh, we had moved you know, further and further and wider and wider and, and gotten into that mode. Um, in the last couple of years that I ran it and called it myself, even as a head coach, you know what we're doing is exactly what we were doing there. So, uh, you know, it was easy decision. I felt like he was more than ready. And he's done a great job and. And we're completely in sync as to what we wanted to do. We wanted to look different than everybody else. And and we wanted to try to utilize all the grass and all the weapons and play fast and he's done a he's done a really, really good job of that. But it's it's always been in the in the mindset of of trying to be a little bit different. So that when people come into that week, you know, they haven't been just preparing for us for four weeks. I mean, we're 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 making you take that next step of how are we going to attack this problem? And I think we were able to kind of be able to do that a year ago. What do you think about the, the idea of, I think that this is a, a Josh Heupel thing, but I've seen other people say it, the idea of RPOs being sort of the next evolution of option play? Well, it's, I mean, it's triple option football. Just, but we've been doing this again. We've been, we've been RPOs didn't just start yeah. yesterday. We've been yeah. RPOing for a long time. Yeah. You know, we, we continue to pump more grass and the field. We, we, we spread ourselves out, but been running RPOs for a long time and yeah it's triple option you got the ability to hand it off you got the ability for a quarterback to keep it you got the ability to throw it not only you know laterally but vertically down the field and if you're doing things the way we're doing we've we've even spread in more grass and more space and just try to make it even more difficult so it's it's triple option football it's just your options are a little different than than what you're going to see you know Air Force have. 
but but that's always been the key. Put as many people in conflict as you can. I'm curious then why why are more coaches willing to do that and not the standard triple option? What makes that such a high barrier to entry? Well, I wouldn't even know where to start with a true triple <laughs> option. Uh, never coached it and the details that are involved with it. You know, for me, I love I love putting the ball in the air. So some of it's just preference. I love throwing the ball. I love being spread out. I love playing fast. You know, you look at most true standard triple option teams. You shorten the game. You know, you're slowed down tempo. You're huddle based. Uh, the ball's not going to go in the air very often. If you get behind, you're at a big disadvantage. We feel like that whether we're ahead or behind, we're we're still functional. We're still at our you know still in a position where we feel comfortable so and then I don't know there's a fan base deal how I many does your fan base really want to watch you hand it off to the fullback 10 times in a row if that's what triple option tells you to do I'm not that guy personally so some of it just may be preference as much as anything and we can get bodies that fit what we're doing and they can get bodies that fit what they're doing so it fits the environment as much as anything too yeah there are probably some Division One schools in the country that don't run the triple that probably would benefit from running it. In the conferences and in the leagues they're in, it might get them a, you know, an opportunity to be more competitive than they are currently trying to do more conventional style of offense. But is the fan base really willing to watch it? You know, so I think you always have that conversation. So you were down, you know, you mentioned you're good from playing from behind. Yeah. At Air Force. I'm not good from it. I'm not. I don't love it. I mean, it just, apparently, we're. Were you guys that comfortable? Because, I mean, it was an early game last year at Air Force. You were down 24-13. We were down in every game. I don't think we, I think we only had the lead. I think Colorado State, maybe the. Hawaii. Colorado State and Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, we we played from behind all year. I, I think part of the narrative going into the season was. We're not going to be as talented as our opponents, most of our opponents. We're not going to be bigger and stronger. So early in the game, at times, guys, don't panic. It's going to be hard. But we're going to be in great shape. And we're going to get a lot of plays and push the tempo at a point where it's going to be, it's going to become a factor the later the game goes. So don't be afraid to go in at halftime being behind because in the second half, our conditioning and our style of play is going to, it's going to step in. And in the fourth quarter, guys, we're going to be okay. Now, we didn't make a big deal about the point spread or how far behind was too far or anything like that. We just continued to tell them, if, you, if it's just reasonably close, man, we're going to be okay. And then Washington State, it plays that way. Air Force, it plays that way. And the guys are like, wow, this crap, it kind of works, you know. Um, you, you know, you don't want to make a big deal about that we're behind. You just make a deal about it's going to be a four-quarter game, four, you know, 60 minutes. This may be a last series type deal. Don't don't panic. Just keep playing. And it worked with this particular group. They got it. It made sense to them. Do you think the style is so unique that now that the league has seen you, it will still have the same impact? Or do you think? Well, I mean, they, they're still going into that. I mean, nobody's working on us right now. You know, everybody's just trying to get there. We're not working on Air Force right now. We're not working. We're just trying to get our team ready to go. So at the end of the day, you got a week. And, and really, you got a short week to get ready. Our style of play still puts you in some conflict and different. The spacing, the tempo, even our aggressive style of play on defense, we keep coming at you. We're, we're you know, trying to create lost yards plays and get to the quarterback. So I still think there's a sense of it. You obviously get familiar with the program in a, in, a, in a style of play the more you do it. But you're not playing that style of play week in and week out. There's so much diversity in our league. You may go to Air Force the week before you play us, and it's a completely different problem. You know, you may play Wyoming, and it's 12 and 13 personnel, and then us. So I still think in a short week, in a, in a normal week, we can present problems that, for people because we are just enough different that it's not a carbon copy of just regular spread that they saw the week before, if that makes sense. Do you like being in a conference where there are so many, you know, I don't know, man. I'm glad I'm not on defense. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I love the diversity of our league. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. And it's a really good league, and it's a very strong, physical, powerful league. So it takes a toll on you. And and it, it is, you know, compared to coming from the Sun Belt, where I felt like there was only a couple of weeks that were unique, I mean, every week presents its own challenge.
you uh, what were your thoughts on the the poll preseason? You know, coming in as a defending champion. Not surprised at all. Didn't expect it. didn't expect it any different. Well, Boise's been picked first how many years in a row? Fifteen. <laughs> so, well, why well, I expect anybody to be any different? And obviously, Air Force had a great season, and they bring a ton of talent back. And you know, so not, not, nothing no, that surprised me. I don't. I mean, I know where I picked us and what I expect of us, and that's that's all I can control anyway. Take a take a little bit of joy from that, knowing you can still say, "Hey, they're they're you know they're underestimating us." I haven't said it, but ten or so times since I found out to the guys. So, yeah. I mean, they're, they're social media. And they all got a phone or two in their hands. They see it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely part of the conversation. You, you, the respect you get is the respect you go out and earn. And doesn't matter where you start, matters where you finish. We're a perfect example of that last year because I think we were picked way further down the list a year ago. So, and it's, it's just go out and play. It's 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 fun for a while, but at the end of the day, you got to go out every way you can play. So we'll we'll focus on that. Sure. Uh-huh. Sure. Have you seen that that respect level change in on the recruiting trail specifically after winning a conference championship? Well, yeah, winning obviously helps everything. So we we felt like that we were we were in a lot of battles in recruiting that that probably we weren't ready to be in the year before. We didn't win them all, but we you know, we battled some some bigger name and more recognizable name uh, programs in the recruiting. Um, Aspect of things and, and winning a championship was was critical. You know, they they want to be part of a winning program and they wanted to know that not only were we talking about the ability to win in the future, but we that we could. So we'll see where it goes from there. I mean, it, it definitely helps. Uh, it's kind of crazy right now the, the the landscape in college football and you've got in recruiting you got coaches some of them selling NIL, some of them selling conference league realignment, all that yeah. stuff, but. When you're sitting in a kid's living room and they're considering Utah State, what's your pitch to them? You know, for us, it, it's it's just culture and environment, man. You want to be a part of something that's a little bit unique. Um, we're in the valley. We're a college town. We're we're you're not coming there for bright lights, big city. You're coming there for relationships with our staff, with our players, with the community. Clearly, over the last ten years, we've proven that we can win, and this year was obviously a great addition to that. Put guys in the NFL. There's key players, guys, great players in the NFL. So, um, I mean, you're choosing us for for those things: family, relationships, and, and a super cool environment to play ball. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. At some point, maybe those other conversations are part of it. But as of right now, we're we're selling us. Yeah. And, and kind of the dream of coming and doing it in a unique way. Yeah. If you were like the you know the leader of college football, what, what would be one thing you would change about recruiting? how it operates oh wow that's a good question um that's a really good question you know the whole nil craziness has really not hit our league and our recruiting like it has at obviously some of the other leagues And, and so all i'm doing is seeing it from the outside yeah i'm not really we're not really in the weeds of it but you know, my concern is that it's become the primary focus of recruiting yeah. at that level, and that was not the intent of any of it yeah. in, in the beginning. And so that that would, if, if I was going to start, how do we make NIL equitable yeah. and a reward for the people that have gone out and, and yeah. produced and created a name for themselves yeah. and, and not allow it to be... An enticement in recruiting, so that, yeah. that to me, and I don't know how that gets fixed, <laughs> yeah. but I don't think that's what anybody wanted it to be. But it's obviously where yeah. it's at at this point, and so somewhere a little bit more fair, a little bit more equitable, and a little bit more about what have you done at this level, not yeah. what you might be able to do at this level one day. Have you even encountered it, like of, uh, of I don't know, maybe getting beat or something to a kid because they come to you and with NIL stuff, or has that not happened? It hasn't happened okay. yet. I mean, okay. in talking to the guys on, you know, the head coaches, I haven't heard any of the head coaches, you know, verbalized. You know, we, you know, we lost this kid to so and so because oh, okay. of, I'm sure it's probably coming at some point. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any recruit conversation that said, Coach, 
how much money can I get if I come to your place? It didn't come up. Okay. What kind of NIL deal can I get? It, it didn't. It probably will at some point. Yeah. And it probably is happening in a lot of recruiting conversations across the country. Yeah. Um, but in our league, it, it does not to appear that it's it's trickled into our league at that level yet. Yeah. Um, you know, the most probably open NIL conversation even a kid asks is Coach Dial. You have guys on the team that are getting any NIL yeah. money, and I was able to say we've got a handful of guys that I know have yeah. have different contracts with people here in the community, but that's it. I mean, yeah. that's that's as yeah. that's as um, direct yeah. as it as it ever was during our recruiting. We got that uh, the freeway running towards Logan. There's that big billboard adjusted. Oh yeah, adjusted bin. Yeah. I'm like, that's a, that's well, probably one of the better NIL things I've seen. Uh, yeah. On a local level, so and and we do have. I mean, we we have a handful of guys that have different things. And yeah, Justin had a. Bean was a. He yeah. Had a, I was at Credit Union or something. Not like one that. of those. Yeah, I was driving past it. I was like, holy crap, that's uh, yeah. that's pretty cool. I think he had a bean burrito or something. Oh, he did he? I think he had Taco Time had a bean burrito or something. <laughs> that's I don't know. genius. Yeah. Yeah. You get a name like that, so, you can go places. Yeah. But um, it hasn't. It just hasn't yeah. turned into an everyday recruiting conversation at our level yet. yeah because i think it's I mean, probably gonna be well, like it, i mean it seems like if the other places it's only coming just coming with schools that have the, the collective set up and stuff like that where it's well i mean we got i mean you got byru right there in our backyard yeah they have virtually some version of that i don't even know what yeah what is that thing well, the power bar or yeah, whatever that, so that, yeah. that i mean that's that's come up in conversation but it, it has not been well, I'm going to BYU because of this. I mean, yeah. we've battled for years. They've battled to try to beat them in recruiting, and yeah. we won some battles, and they won some. But that conversation didn't come up, yeah. Coach. I'm going, I'm going here because of this NIL deal. Yeah. It just hasn't happened yet. I'm ready for it too, and I'm <laughs> sure it's coming. But it, yeah, what were your thoughts um, having? Uh, Boise State is an automatic opponent every year. I know you guys. Are that one didn't surprise me. I mean, okay. they're right down the road, and I know there's a long history of the game. Yeah. Um, the San Diego State one surprised me a little bit, just because of proximity. It's it's not just a super easy trip, and yeah. I know Colorado State and Wyoming both. We have longer standing. Yeah, yeah. Rivalries with them. I kind of expected that it might be one of those, one of those but. The Boise one, I, I fully expected. I mean, it makes sense. It does. It's, it's yeah. three-hour drive or whatever, and, yeah. and it's a great game. So, I mean, other than that, I, I didn't have a whole lot of thought about it. Yeah. Do you feel a little left out with Colorado State and, and Air Force and Wyoming sort of being the, the, the trio? I think they all get each other. You're just sort of like looking at that. Why aren't we? Well, I just, <laughs> I get, I mean, at some point you run out. You run out. Yeah. I mean, we can't get everybody. So, um, I don't know what all goes into that, but. Fully expected Boise. Kind of felt like it might be Wyoming. Kind of felt like it might be Colorado, but it is what it is. I'm thankful it's not Air Force. That's a, that's a tough one to play every year. Um, yeah. How has it, the, the NIL hasn't affected you a ton, but how has the job changed since you became a head coach? What have, what, how have the responsibilities changed? Well, um, I mean, the responsibilities haven't changed all that much. You, you we, we, we have a year-round job. I mean, even... Even when we're in downtime, we're not in downtime because your kids are still on campus year-round. And even though they're training in the summer and we're not out there training them personally every day, I mean, the phone still rings and life still happens and all that. So the job hasn't changed that much. The recruiting pushed more into the summer this year than it has in the past with the waiver that went out on May 18th and some of the spots that were created. NIL is obviously clearly here as a – is a factor, and it is something we're having to, you know, some of these rosters are getting bigger and bigger. So all that stuff, the job itself hasn't changed, but the challenges within it are real. And then the, also just the the parts that you don't know, what, what really, what is the landscape going to continue to do? So I think those are the, you do the best you can with what you can control, and that's just try to focus on, you know, what's within our control for now, be the best team we can every week, and then when a challenge is presented, figure out how to kind of attack it one at a time. And we're, we're doing the best we can with that stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, 
Justin Michael, my student. How you doing, How you doing Justin? I covered Colorado State. You guys obviously played a weird game last Super year. Super weird game. Uh, yeah. How it all played out. How big do you did you feel like that was a, in terms of a momentum boost for you guys? It's huge. Winning the league. It's huge. You know, I mean, they make that field goal and that game goes the other way. I mean, we don't we don't play for a title. I mean, it, it, the, the, the league's that close, and it came down to those type of plays and basically every game across the board. Uh, I mean, we're sitting there playing New Mexico the last week of the season, but the whole time, I mean, every fan that we got on our team is watching Boise San Diego State. So that's just the nature of a good league. We, you know, we, we, that was probably the first game of the year where the dynamic, I think, within our team changed a little bit. We had been the underdogs going in every week. We had been no expectations. That's the first home game of the year where all right, you guys are supposed to win this one. You should win this one. You're out. You, you, we even had to lead for the first time all year, I think. you know, And, and we almost gave it away because we really didn't respond real well. So we learned a lot about ourselves. And we won some games later in the year because of of, of kind of how that game went. And, and we responded better in some, some other areas because of how that game went. I know it's been a while since that game, but just with how weird that whole last sequence played out on the kick. I mean, have you ever seen a game end anything like that? I, I mean, I've seen some. I've never been a part of one. Yeah. That that went quite that way. There was a lot of chaos going on there. Um, I mean, literally, the game shouldn't have come yeah. down to that. We made so many mistakes leading up to that, and, and they did. They just made play after play right down the stretch to put us in that position. Our kids. I mean, really, we kind of panicked a little bit to get it there. But then that sequence of events was everything about it was ridiculous. From uh, from whether they down it or don't down it to kick it to the play honestly should have been should have been a penalty a flag thrown and there's people moving all over the place when the ball was snapped I mean should have been a flag and the whole the clock been run off I mean just the fact that even the kick got even got attempted yeah. the whole thing was craziness I've not been a part of that before seen a few games that ended like craziness like that but that's the first one I've been a part of was there any point on your guys' sidelines where because like you could tell on CSC side they just didn't know what the hell was going on they had guys going on going off like was there I, any point where you guys were like we have the wrong guys on or I almost called a timeout I was standing right next to the official and I was worried because we didn't get an opportunity to substitute I was worried that we are going to have too many people on the field and I didn't want to be the guy that, you know, lost the game on a field goal because they got two tries at it, that kind of deal. And so something about the situation, though, being so chaotic, and just I was watching their sideline, I just never called it. I just I just didn't call it. I'm glad I didn't, obviously. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was that – was, I was right on the verge of calling the timeout making sure we had the right dudes on the field, give our best chance to try to block a field goal. And I didn't. And, and probably one of the best no calls of my career because <laughs> had, had I taken it let them recoup and, and regather, the kicker's obviously more than capable of making the field goal. But I, I didn't. I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't call it. Yeah, just for, it seemed like that game, like, not that I, I'm a CSU alum. I don't think they were going to, like, win the league or anything yeah. like that. But it, it just felt like that game, like, that just, like, killed the locker room. Like, the, the oh, energy sure. just went, went uh, out of the team. I'm sure it did. I mean, you don't lose a game like that, that close, without it affecting. I mean, the, the momentum is a, is a, you either got it or you don't. And when you lose it, it's really hard to get it back. Um, that that one would have had to be difficult for anybody. Just the, the last thing I wanted to ask you, and I'm sure you've been asked about this a million times, so I'm sorry, but okay. th- th- there was just so much intra-conference transferring this year yeah. in a way that I've never really seen. And I know that's the state of the game now. How I don't do you like, feel? I don't yeah. like, I don't like, and we've, we've got players on our roster from the league. Yeah. I was always in favor of, of a league-wide no-transfer policy. And we had that in the Sun Belt. Uh, that was in the Mountain West at one point, yeah, I believe. It was. 
obviously it's not in anymore. Don't like the idea of looking across the field and seeing a player that intimately knows every aspect of your program. So I get it's the nature of where we're at, and and if it is what it is, then we're gonna we're gonna you know, we're gonna we're gonna do it. Um, but that's that's the one thing I I never really liked the idea of. Um, I mean, you just spend so much time together that it, it um, even if you're trying to be as careful as you can be there's just things you know about a program that nobody else would know and you just you don't want there to ever be a strategic advantage that comes from and you don't want to put people in positions that that just are lose-lose you know so it's the nature where we're at we got several guys on our roster that played in the league and and um, I guess as long as the rule is what it is it's going to continue to happen I don't see it changing so we'll deal with it like it is but it never I, it's something I never personally liked and I was always, when asked, was in favor of making making it impossible to travel within the league. If you want to leave and go somewhere, go outside the league, we get it. And we might cross paths. But inside the league, I always felt like it was uh, it was good to have that line drawn. And it's it's been taken away, which is, is fine. Do you think it could lead potentially to maybe some awkwardness just in terms of, like, coach relationships? Or um, I think if you felt like that. I would be really frustrated if I felt like one of my guys was being recruited to leave. Once guys like you know Andrew Peasley is, is slated as a starter at Wyoming, they didn't recruit the kid. He was you know he, he wanted to be the starter. He wasn't. He wanted to put himself on the market. We talked about it openly, several conversations. I mean we we prayed about it. We cried about it. We hugged about. It. I mean when he chose to leave. Wyoming was not where he thought he was going to end up. It ended up being a great place for him. I think if if you felt like a player was tampered with or you felt like somebody was recruiting the player to leave, then I think that would create some really, really bad circumstances. But a player that you knew was leaving on his own and just ended up somewhere within the league, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what that does. Did Wyoming reach out to you, or did you, know, you reach out to them? I've got a great relationship with Craig, and so we talked about it briefly. But but really, within the workings of Levi ending up with us, or Andrew ending up with them, you know, there was never any animosity at all, other than you know, is he a good kid? And both of us had nothing but great things to say about both the quarterbacks that we eventually ended up trading. So. There's been a lot of transfer in the conference in the last yeah. year. I mean, is that something that, in your opinion, needs to be regulated? Um, well, I just told him, and I'll tell you, I was always in favor of a no transfer within the conference rule. We had one in the Sun Belt, and as I understand it, they used to have one in the Mountain West as well. But, I mean, obviously those things were taken out of our hands a while ago, and so now it is what it is. We've got several players on our roster that are from other teams in the league different circumstances you know um i I never liked the idea uh, of interconference transferring felt like it was it's unique it could could be uncomfortable again there's it's a really intimate relationship you're with them all day every day and seeing you know having one on the other sideline can prove to be you know uncomfortable but but it's also the the world that we're in so you 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 kind of got to embrace it and utilize it as best you can. So uh, I don't know that it'll ever get policed. I, it was policed, and the rule got taken away. You know, putting that back in the putting that back in the mix, I, I find it hard to believe you're going to get that kind of lead. I, 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 I do. So looking at the transfer portal right now, it's more like free agency. I mean, is that something that you think is good for the game, or does that need to be regulated a little bit more? Well, the. When they made it the availability to transfer and not have to sit out, I mean, it ultimately became free agency. Now, the addition to the NIL is just put another dynamic on it. I'm more concerned about where the NIL deal goes than I am the transfer. I mean, transfer is here to stay. It is what it is. Uh, you can transfer wherever you want to and, and play. So we've all learned now how to kind of deal with that. The addition to what NIL is bringing to the whole idea of recruiting, whether it be transfer, high school player, that to me is a completely another dynamic that has a tendency or has a potential to, you know, really just take over. And, and in some cases, maybe it already has. So that's what's sustainable, what's equitable, what's fair, what is it actually doing 
to football. I'm not sure we're going to know for a couple of years, but it's at the Power Five level or at the elite level, it's it's part of every conversation. Whereas a year ago, two years ago, it wasn't even involved in the conversation. So I think it's the combination of the two, where you end up with a Blenikoff wide receiver going on the open market, basically, and, and we all saw how that how that went. That's happening a lot at this point. Is the portal affected your, um, your missionary um, recruiting? Uh, now you can talk about you get it, instant guys. It has a, I mean, we're still taking the same approach in terms of missionary recruiting. We're, we're going to support kids that want to go on mission. And if they go on the two-year, we're going to have a spot when they come back. Um, it's complicated though now because they're still free agents again, right? Well, if they sign an MLI on the front end, then they technically, for the first year, would be bound to that NLI. But I would also tell you that, um, you know, they obviously have the ability to also transfer immediately, too. So uh, it, it's – I would also tell you that a lot of mission kids coming back, if, like, there was a staff change or dynamics change, a lot of those guys have been let out of their NLIs in the past as well. So I think the ability just to go somewhere else and place immediately right now, you, you got to be ready to recruit them again when they come back. Okay, I just wanted to change your approach a little bit because now there's more immediate players for you. On the front end of things, we're going to recruit the same way. If a kid wants to go on a mission, we're going to support that. On the back end, um, you know, we're going to also assume that we're going to have to re-recruit him and that we we need to we need to be ready to to battle again on the, on, the, on the, the second time around because they've got more freedoms than they used to. So. You mentioned the impact NIL is having on the whole college football landscape. Would you like to see the federal government or the NCAA pass sweeping legislation, or do you think it's better to leave it up to the states the way it is now? Holy cow. That's way over my head. <laughs> I would just love for it to be a little bit more equitable. Okay, I, And when I say I don't mean school to school, I mean player to player. I mean – and I get it. It's their name. It's their image. their likes. I get that. So it is individual. But but I think what we all, and I'm speaking, what I always envisioned was let's try to help all of our athletes a little bit more than what they're getting up. There's, there's money that's being made. College sports is worth a lot of money. Let's see if we can spread some of that to everybody that's that's being involved. And what I think what we're seeing is some key guys are getting astronomical numbers, and there's still a ton of players that impact your program, impact winning, whether they're a starter or a backup or a scout team player, that aren't benefiting at all. And a handful of players are benefiting in crazy ways. And I just love to see it be more spread out and more equitable and more uniform. And I don't know how you do that. And at this point, maybe it's not even possible anymore. I mean, once we're where we're at, how do you dial it back? That is what I always envisioned and wanted was for all of them to get a little bit more so they had a little bit more of a comfortable lifestyle and they had the ability to travel back and forth to home when they needed to and help if they've got wife and kids or maybe even help at home a little bit in some situations. And now we've got some that are going to be, you know, in unbelievable financial situation, but we still have a lot that aren't being helped in any way. And, and so that, that, I think that's where the frustration for me is. Now, who regulates that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. But I think we went from zero to 100, and we missed a bunch of steps along the way that could have helped a lot of kids in ways that they're not getting helped, in my opinion. And if that and a, you know, 25 cents will get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> Is that the quarterback competition open or what's, what's the deal? I mean, no. I mean, yeah, every every quarterback. I mean, every position is wide open for us. But uh, Logan Bonner is our starting quarterback, and he should be healthy enough to start first game of the season. And if he his helmet comes off or gets the breath knocked out of him, or unfortunately has an injury that that takes him out for the season, Cooper Lagash showed. In the bowl game, he's more than capable of helping us win the games. And Levi Williams came in from Wyoming in the spring and battled his tail off and is right there. And we've got two freshmen that are already there. I mean, we got a great room. So it's wide open. And if somebody can beat Logan out, good luck to you. 
What makes him special? Well, Logan? Yeah. He's, he's just a winner. Um, yeah. Super quick release. Uh, doesn't need a lot of room to throw. He can throw with bodies around him. Tough as nails. Just keeps getting up. Plays hurt. Um, got all the arm strength to make every throw. Anywhere on the field. Mobile enough to hurt you with his legs. Uh, but but just loves ball and understands it and, and competes at a super high level. So, uh, You've known him a while. So. Since he was 17. Wow. I recruited him out of high school when he was 17 years old. So he's been with me for seven years now. So do you do financial advice? I mean, I, I need a quick turnaround for fortunes, and apparently you're the guy to go to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hire a lot of good people around you, man, and lean on them. Really? But you, you turned the, it wasn't just turning the team, but you turned the culture, yeah. or, or, you know, or did they always have it? I think it just need to be dusted off. You look at the last 10 years, I mean, those guys that had some unbelievable seats. I mean, Gary's first run through there, they were phenomenal. That's yeah. how he went to Wisconsin in the first place. Matt did a phenomenal job as well. The Jordan Love years were off the charts good. Uh, I just think when Gary came back, you got – you know, different staff, different roster. COVID, he goes through COVID. I'll give it, I put an asterisk by everybody's COVID year. I mean, we we had one of our best teams physically, one of our best teams that we'd had at Arkansas State. Had one of the worst years, but we had 150 people that had COVID within a, within a three-week period, including me. I mean, everybody gets a COVID asterisk. I think we just, what we do and how we do it fit the that place and that group of kids really, really well at the time that they needed it. We're very personable, relationship-driven, low ego, high energy, involved. The schemes fit the personnel, and we we were able to bring some key factors in, obviously. Uh, and I think we just kind of caught lightning in the bottle a little bit. It was at the right time. Timing is huge. Uh, that's like you caught the lightning in the bottle, you also... Got the bottom. I mean, it sounds like you're you still. Well, you can also it. mismanage it if it you're seems not. Seems like it's very sustainable now. Yeah, no, yeah. It wasn't like a flash. Was no, it's yeah. it's it's not. I mean, we're we're going to be competitive. I don't know if we can do what we did last year. I mean, I mean, you never know. But we're going to be competitive. We're going to be hard to beat, and and we're able to recruit. We're able to recruit guys that fit our system, and and it's a place that loves ball and is super unique to play in in the valley and in that environment. One of the best student sections and fan bases in college ball. It's small, but it's awesome. So, yeah, we're going to be competitive. Um, and you have elevators. We have elevators. Oh, that was great. We, don't, we turn the elevators off, though, in our building. You don't, nobody uses the elevator in our building. So they have to have to take the stairs. Oh, that, so, was, that was killer. For, you don't like that, that you elevator? You killed some of our sportscasters. Yeah, you know, cause, yeah I've taken those steps up a little bit. Uh, Elevation doesn't hurt. It fits. It fits our style of play too. We uh, we want to play fast. We want to get a lot of snaps. We want to make you run sideline to sideline. And the elevation is is definitely an added added bonus. So we don't mind sharing with you when you show up. <laughs> that first game back uh, back on the West Coast, back at elevation, did you have sort of a moment on the sideline? Where like, oh man, I'm not. I'm not I had a moment. On, I had a moment just walking up the stairs to my to my office. I mean, the first month. Of going to work, I, I literally would walk up the steps and I get to the top and I'd stop. Like, what in the world is going on? Yeah. Uh, so you know, I coached in New Mexico for a while and we had a big sign right outside the visitors' locker room that said uh, altitude sickness and it gave all these symptoms. And I remember that being super cool. I mean, it feels the same way, Logan. To be honest, we're not quite as high, I don't think, but it's it feels the same way to me. I, I moved out here about two months ago, and I'm still getting used to it. So yeah. It's just—it's <laughs> uh, it's a new ball game. It, it is—it is a unique little twist that is a problem for people yeah. yep. that, that I don't mind having. I want to ask about this. Is sort of—I don't know if you would have a great answer for this, but I'm just—I'm curious. A bad answer. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if it's something that you've thought about, but you—I would say certainly have had the resume to go to a Power Five job if you would have wanted to. You're still at a G5 job. Um, is that a, was that a conscious choice? What, what is it about this level I mean, of the game? You know, a couple opportunities that presented itself along the way when I was at Arkansas State. Got very, very close to taking a couple of jobs along the way. 
one of those would have been, well, a couple of those would have been power five jobs. Um, you know, I just, this is where I've ended up. It's, I'm, I'm right where I needed to be, right when I needed to be there. We had success at Arkansas State. A lot of things happened in my life off the field that that took over. That three-year battle of cancer with my wife became my focus. And that's where I needed to be to get through that. The people there in Jonesboro, they they helped me get through it. The players, staff, and the community. Um, so, you know, I'd love to compete at the highest level and have a chance to win a national championship as a head coach in my career. But I uh, don't know that that opportunity will present itself. But uh, what I really want is just I want to be at places where you can be successful and have a great place for your family to live and be around good people. And I've been really fortunate that both my head coaching jobs have allowed me to be in great communities, great people with the opportunity to be successful. So um, there's a lot of power five jobs that, that do not compare to what we have. You know, there's a handful that if the opportunity presents itself and God wants to move me, you know, it'd be great. But I'm in a great place. And Power Five, Group of Five, that's an illu- there's a little bit, that's an illusion. Because Utah State is a much better job than a ton of Power Five jobs out there. Why is that? Because we can win and we got great fan base and great people. And I don't want to go be the head coach of a Power Five place that can't win and it's going to be miserable. And, I mean, I want to be able to win. I want to be, we work too hard not to win. It's a great league, great place to live, great fan base, great student section. I mean, tons to do. I mean, if this is the last head coaching job I got in my career, I would have been super blessed. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I just look at it. Maybe I look at it differently than some. Yeah. I haven't turned down a bunch of jobs, but there's just been a, job, a bunch of jobs that I've been interested in. I want to be somewhere that I love to live with people I love to be around at a place I know we can be successful. And so I know there's 130 Division One teams out there, but there's not 130 teams out there that can say that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. You're, you're talking to somebody. I left the Ohio State beat uh, openly to come cover Utah State. So you're, uh, you're preaching the choir. I get, uh, I mean, and, I get that's a, and that's a place that's I mean, obviously you're, you're, you've got a chance to run, make the run table every year. That's super cool. That comes with comes with a lot of bells and whistles too yes. so, but there's teams in that league and there's teams all across the country that are power five teams that they're playing at the beginning of the year they're just hoping they can find a way to get bowl eligible every season we're going to have a chance to win a championship and that's what I love about going to work there. Seems like there's not uniformly there are there are P five schools that some would apply to and G five schools that wouldn't, but it seems like there's more freedom for coaches at this level too. That's I, I don't know. I mean, I, schedule's different. The dynamics change. We talk. The NIL conversation is different. So I mean, there's there's obviously subtle differences, but ultimately you got to recruit, you got to develop, and you got to go out and coach every week, and it's all relative to who you're competing against. Um, but you know, being in the ACC. Our schedule was different. The time frame of some things that had to happen happened earlier, happened faster. Now you throw in added transfer portal, added NIO. Yeah, there's some dynamics about some of those places that are uniquely different. But ultimately, all the people that we're competing against are roughly on the same same demands. And so you got to maneuver that and be the best you can at that. And that's that's what we try to do within the framework or what our challenges are we're all trying to be the best at that Yeah. if I picked up a move to a different league maybe the clock's a little different maybe the time frames and challenges are coming in a different time frame maybe they look a little different but within that everybody in the circle's got the same challenges yeah. that, that I want to ask just personally it sounded like last year you were sort of looking for a change of scenery a little bit just something new how yeah. has this year been for you well it it was everything I needed it to be. Um, you know, that, that whole driving through Jonesboro had become really hard. And that was never going to change. So being in the Valley and kind of getting away from that, the visual cues on a daily basis was, 
was huge. Starting a fresh, you know, kind of a fresh start with a new program. There was there was an amazing feeling about that as well. Obviously, the success helped. I mean, that that makes everything better. But just the the culture and the people and the environment of the valley was, was super refreshing. So it's been. It's been unbelievable. It's been an unbelievable year. I've, I've enjoyed every bit of it, and uh, and even this off season, we've we've been through a lot and lose my son, but the people have been amazing. The players and the people have been amazing to help us over the last four months. So it's it's been everything we needed it to be, and, and probably even more to be truthful. You got something? I know they're about to run me out of here, but we were running late. Just real quick, I just know like I said, Danny was excited to say that you're late. I mean, or was he trying to get you back? Did you years, of a, years of abuse. <laughs> so Danny was a GA when I was coaching the running backs and wideouts at the University of New Mexico. And so we are family. I love Danny Gonzalez. I mean, he is he is truly family to me. But, yeah, we 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 all – it's locker room mentality around here, man. If you got a, if you got a weakness or you got an opportunity <laughs> to be exploited or, or attacked – Every vulture in the league will will use it, and Danny's no different. What did you do? Did you make him laugh when he was on the radio or something like that? Uh, he was on the radio with our Utah State guys early in the morning when we started, and and I I may have distracted him just a little bit when he was when he was on just a little bit. But uh, yeah, turnabout's fair. <laughs> All right. Where are we going?